0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: Today I have with me Kelsey Banke, who is a CFP here at Stirk Financial, and uh, Kelsey has actually been really instrumental in putting together some of the debt management tools that we've created. But let me kind of tell you a story about how um, we. We started working on the debt side with some people and were really able to be effective in impacting someone's life with this. We had a client come in and they were really just drowning in many, many layers of payments. They had vehicle debt. They had student loans. They had credit card debt. They had a mortgage. They had a home equity loan. And um, their debt that they took out mostly made sense at the time they took it, but now it had kind of spiraled and gotten away from them. So they were really just feeling like they were drowning in it. So we introduced them to a concept that is called the debt snowball. And the debt snowball is something that Dave Ramsey um, actually coined. And essentially the idea behind a debt snowball is if you can find a way to accelerate the way that you pay down that debt by doing it in the smartest, most efficient way possible, then... You will get debt-free faster, and you will be able to create a much stronger financial outcome for yourself going forward. So, Kelsey, you've been really instrumental in working with those debt snowballs. Tell us a little bit about, in a snowball, what are a couple ways to set them up?
2: Absolutely. The The whole goal is to figure out how to pay the debt down as quickly as possible without Overextending uh, how much you can pay, but doing it in a smart way. And so, there's a couple different ways to do that. Uh, most commonly, people say, "Okay, let's pay down the highest interest rates first. Um, that way, you're you're not paying that high interest rate any longer than necessary." So, that's definitely one way to do it. Um, after we did several of these uh, debt snowballs, we started looking at. The different ways you can do it, and sometimes paying that highest interest rate might not be the most sense uh, or make the most sense. Um, When I started looking at it a little bit differently, I found there's also another way you could do it, and that is – trying to give yourself a win every couple months. Because if I tell you what, if there's one thing about debt management um, that is absolutely important is you have to stick with a plan in order for it to work. And sometimes uh, if we don't have those checkpoints where we see that success, it's hard to stay disciplined and stick with that plan. So I also try to look at uh, a debt snowball from the eyes of how can I give myself a steady wins in this mm-hmm. process and how can i uh, knock a, a, an entire loan an entire payment off my list maybe every couple months or maybe maybe a couple times a year in order to help me stay my goal and stay my course
1: Okay, great information. So when you're dealing with debt or if you're feeling like you're drowning in debt, the very first thing that you should do to be able to prepare to create a debt snowball is just to gather your information. And sometimes this is just like psychologically scary to do or frustrating to do because... Um, You don't really want to know exactly how much debt you've gotten yourself into. But let me tell you, all progress starts by telling the truth about where you are right now. And in order to move forward, we have to get clear about where you are. So gather your information together. And the type of information you need to gather is, of course, what the balance is. You need to gather what the minimum payment is. And you need to gather what the interest rate is. So those are the three critical pieces of information that you want to know in order to be able to build out a debt snowball for yourself. The second thing that's really important to, to know is what your budget is. So there's a reason that you may have gotten into some debt issues. And the reason generally is because you are living outside your means. And so if you look at what's going on with your debt, you probably can trace it back to a couple of different things.
2: You know, and that, that's absolutely true, Mary. There's, there's some debt that people just take on that, that- isn't necessarily a bad thing, some student loan debt to a certain extent, um, and, and their mortgage and things like that. But then there's a lot of debt that's created just simply by trying to keep up with the Joneses, for lack of better words. Um, we look out at what everybody else has and we think that we need to have it too, and we maybe can't afford it right at that time, or we didn't plan properly to be able to spend that kind of money or make that kind of purchase. And so we charge it to a card or we get another loan or something like that. And if that happens too frequently, or at too high of a of a value that can quickly spin out of control, and all just by trying to look at what everybody else has and keep up with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, in and, and that can be avoided by having some strong agreements in your household about how debt is supposed to be managed. So, um, when you look at your budget and when you know what money's coming in and you know what expenses are going out, you should have some very clear agreements within your household about what percentage of your income is allowed to go towards debt payments. And if you're maxed out on that percentage, then you really shouldn't be looking at taking on more debt. When you're taking on more debt and it's outside that percentage of income that you've allocated towards debt, that's when people start to get into a lot of trouble and that's when you start to get into this This downward spiral where debt can begin to take over your life. Now, that being said, there are some good debts and there are some bad debts. I am generally in favor of someone having a mortgage if that's the only debt they have. I think it's absolutely normal for someone to have a mortgage and a car payment and a student loan. And if you can limit your debts to those three types of debts, then you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. It's when we start layering on debt on top of those three things that we start to get into trouble. Um, Because if you can get your student loans and your car payments and your mortgage payments to not be more than let's say 30 to 40% of what your total income is, you're going to be in, generally speaking, fine shape financially. Uh, When you go too much above that percentage though, then you don't have enough money left over to enjoy life and that's when we start seeing people charging up the experiences, charging up the day-to-day things because all of their, their income is going to pay down these bills. So, Having a, gr- a good specified percentage agreed upon in your household of what that debt ratio should be, I think, is incredibly important.
2: So now that we have gathered all the information and we know our um, all of our debt, our payments, and our interest, and we know our budget it's time to build a debt snowball. And so what you have to do is is lay all that out. I am a big fan of Excel spreadsheets. I know not everybody else is, <laughs> um, but I'm one of those people that just completely enjoy everything about them. So I typically like to use that because I can put in calculations and I can change numbers and have it help me get to the information that I am looking um, for the end. And what it will show is if you allot certain amount or certain payments to different uh, debts, how fast do they pay? To How much interest are you paying? And if you load up more payments on one or another, how does that look? So generally what you want to do in a debt snowball is uh, pick a a debt that you're going to pay off first, figure out how much extra you're going to pay toward that each month, and then uh, load that up so that you pay that down as quickly as possible. Then you take the extra you were paying toward that debt plus that payment and you start applying it to the next debt that you're going to pay off so let's say you have a credit card um, that's a couple thousand dollars and your payment is a hundred dollars a month but you decide in order to try to accelerate that debt uh, payment down you're going to pay three hundred dollars a month great you pay that until it's paid off and then you roll that entire three hundred dollar payment on to the next loan that you want to pay off.
1: And that's the snowball part. And that
2: is the snowball. And you start seeing very quickly that you, by paying that extra, you can pay down your debt much more quickly than just a minimum interest uh, payment.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Kelsey was talking earlier about the wins, um, with this. And, um, that if you are somebody who's gotten into debt trouble, then, um, It's easy to stay in that pattern and it's easy to continue to add debt and, and then you stay in that. You think, oh, I just paid off something else. You know, now I've got some extra money. It is not in your best interest to go add debt when you're in the middle of a debt snowball. Now, I realize that sometimes there are things that happen in life that create that need. But generally speaking, you want to do everything you can to not add new debt until your debt snowball is completely paid off. Now, I will tell you that when you set up a debt snowball, you are generally able to pay off your entire amount of debt years and years and years sooner. And it's because you've become disciplined at using the money that you have to pay down these bills and not take on any new debt. But also because you have these wins along the way where something's paid off and you can see that debt on a very regular basis going down and um, it incentivizes you to Keep going with it. And so that's why, while it might be unusual to say you don't always just hit the highest interest rate when first you want to organize these in a way that you can you can pay off as many as you can as soon as possible and then let that snowball start to accumulate for you. It, it is the best feeling in the world when you can see that pay down and you have these wins every few months that, that you're seeing this progress be made. So we do have a fabulous debt management kit that's put together. It has a lot of information for um, establishing credit, borrowing options, how to read your credit reports. It talks about how to repair poor credit. Um, options when you can't meet your financial obligations, it talks about managing the debt, and it also addresses the idea of, you know, should you pay down debt versus save for retirement or not. So it's just chock full of good information, and you can give us a call at 605-217-3555 to request your debt management kit, and we'd be happy to send that out to you in an email.
0: Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists for 6 years running, including 2023 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and 2023 Forbes Top Women Wealth Advisors Best in State number 1 in South Dakota.
1: I want to talk a little bit about why credit cards can be so problem problemsome and also that uh, why these minimum payments on a credit card are just um, a horrible way to manage them.
2: Yeah, Mary, I I think that our viewers would benefit from this. You know, the insurance company or the credit card companies are not giving these credit uh, limits to you because it's not going to benefit them. You know, they are going to benefit from you having this debt. So we want to try to minimize that as much as possible.
1: Right. Right. All right, so let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a credit card that has $5,000 worth of debt on it, and it's one of those credit cards, maybe it had a great interest rate when you put the money on it, but now it's jacked way up there and you have a 14% APR on it. So they're charging you 14% interest a year, which is lower than some of the credit cards that we see um, sometimes when people get into debt trouble. So five thousand dollars, fourteen percent interest rate, and the minimum payment is going to equal let's say two percent of your balance. So that's a hundred dollars. Okay, if you only make those minimum payments, it's going to take you twenty-two
2: years. Whoa!
1: To pay off that five thousand dollar card. That's a long time. That is a long time. Twenty-two years to get out from under this one debt, and. The finance charges that you're going to pay over that time are more than the actual $5,000 balance itself. you can pay off $5,887 worth of finance charges in that 22-year period. So the minimum payment myth is basically that minimum payments benefit the credit card companies. They don't benefit you at all. Now if you just simply increased your payments from $100 a month to $125 a month, you would actually pay off that same debt in less than 6 years. And you would only have spent around $1775 worth of interest. So, I don't know about you Kelsey, but you know, being on the side of do I want to take 22 years to pay off a debt or 6? That is a
2: mammoth amount of difference. Absolutely. 22 years is the time it takes to raise a kid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And $25 a month difference on a debt payment is the price of a couple of McDonald's stops or a cup of coffee once a week. And so, you know, being mindful about where your money's going and allocating it towards the best possible um, debt to pay down is so important. Um, and, and not only does it Does it decrease the time, but it decreases the the pure cost of it? I mean, an additional $4,000 worth of uh, finance payments that's just going to the credit card company versus you, why not keep that money in your own pocket? So when you think about paying down debt in an accelerated fashion, this is what we're talking about. It has this kind of impact in your life. All right, let's talk a little bit about the concept of if you have debt and you also know that you need to save for retirement, what comes first? It's like the chicken and the egg. What's the most important thing? You know, people will say, well, should I pay off my house or should I invest for retirement or should I pay down this credit card or should I be putting money into my 401k? And there's a couple of different things that really factor into it. The first thing is... Is the rate that you could possibly gain on your investment bigger or smaller than the interest rates you're paying on your debt? So... Kelsey, if you're thinking about in terms of a house, what would you say that right now the average mortgage percentage is around?
2: I'm seeing you know between 4 and 5% pretty consistently. Yeah,
1: and if you refinance maybe a couple years ago, you might even be lucky enough to be in the 3.5 range. Absolutely. All right, so the question then becomes, should you pay off your house faster or should you invest? The question is, can you get a higher interest rate on your investments than what you're paying on your mortgage? If you don't think you can... Or if you feel that that's just impossible to do, then pay off your mortgage. (laughs) If you think that there's a possibility that you can get a higher interest rate, then consider investing something for the long term. If you look at the long term history of the markets in the stock side of things, generally speaking, somewhere between 7 to 10 percent is a good long term average in the market. That would be outpacing. The possibility of a mortgage. But remember, it's a possibility. There's going to be some years that are up and some years that are down. So some years your strategy to invest will work for you and some years you'll wish you would have paid down that debt. But the bottom line is your choice doesn't have to be all or nothing. In fact, when we work with people on their debt management, generally we see that we want to pay off some of those crazy high interest rate things first. You know, because if you're paying 22% on your credit card, it doesn't make sense to invest your money, you know, when you can make 7% on it. There is a, there is a shift depending on how high that interest rate are and and where it makes the most sense to devote those dollars. But once you get some of the crazy high interest rate things paid down and you're taking those payments and you're snowballing them over to the next debt, what we generally like to see is there be some kind of split between some of the money then becomes paying down debt and some of the money goes to saving for retirement.
2: Absolutely. Moving both goals forward is, is a an option for you. I think it also has to do with what kind of retirement savings are you doing? You know, doing a retirement savings in your 401k where you get a match from the company, that's going to carry a lot more weight than just uh, investing in uh, a ma- investment that doesn't have a match. So it's a good conversation to have. And I get this question all the time. And, and it really just depends on each person's situation, but um, so far the guidelines we've given are are good ones to follow.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing is that um, usually what we see with people who are struggling with debt loads is that there's three goals that they really wish they could fulfill. Number one is paying down the debt. Number two is setting up a long-term retirement savings because they know they're likely to be behind on that. But number three is reestablishing that emergency fund because if you're in trouble with debt, generally speaking, you've probably blown through your emergency money too. So there's actually kind of a triad of goals here And there is a methodical way to work towards all three of them. And there is a method to the madness about what to address first. So it all goes back to that first thing that we said. You have to gather your debt information. You have to know your payment and your interest information. And you have to know what your balance is on those things. So someone can help you figure out the best way to structure all of this. Generally speaking, when you're working with someone who's a debt management financial counselor or advisor, Um, there's two different ways that you can go about it. One is that there are some free services out there. So you can go to some of the, the free debt services um, some of them are faith-based services that help people some of them are community-based services that help people or you can work with a financial planner who's a fee-based financial planner and they are simply going to charge you an hourly rate to help you set up your debt snowball figure out how all of your information plays together and then create a plan and a strategy to to attack that triad of goals, the emergency money, the retirement savings, and the debt reduction. So those are some different uh, resources that you can pull in to utilize for that. But don't forget to give us a call to get a hold of this debt management kit. It's going to have some good information in it. um, And you can call us at 605-217-3555 to request your debt management kit, and we'd be happy to email that to you. All right, so the last thing I wanna talk about while we're on the topic of debt management is credit. Ooh, this is a hot topic. It definitely is. If you've gotten into debt trouble, chances are you may have damaged your credit a bit along the way. And um, so once you get your debt restructured and being moving in the right direction, then it's a time to start thinking about how to uh, rebuild your credit. So step one is to obtain a copy of your credit report. And we have the big three credit companies out there, uh, TransUnion, Experian, and oh, Equifax. Equifax. yes. And um, when we all those, what you're going to find is that not all the information is exactly the same on all of them and not all of them report the exact same credit score, but they're going to be similar and in a range. So you want to pull your credit report. You want to see what the um, bad things are on it. So maybe you had late payments, maybe you have collections out there, but you want to figure out what you're starting with to figure out how you want to fix some of this. If you need to correct errors, you want to go directly to the creditor to clear your credit record. You don't want to necessarily just try to clear it up on your own. Um, And you also can add a statement to your credit report describing your side of the story. So if there's a discrepancy, you can submit that to the big three credit companies and they'll put that right on your credit report. You also can add good credit information to your file that can help kind of mitigate the impact of the derogatory credit that's out there because there's no law that anybody has to report your credit. And so a lot of times the bad credit gets reported and the good credit gets ignored. Um, so as you're as you're working your way through this credit rebuild process, those are a few things to keep in mind. So you can rebuild your credit. You can manage your debt. It's possible to get out from under the crushing load of debt issues. And uh, give us a call, request the debt management kit, and hopefully that will help you out. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
0: Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews.